roll it. What's your response to that? Is it about your beliefs? Is it about that person? What does that look like? Ultimately, people have a hard time realizing that there's all these zeros and ones, but there's real human beings on the other side. We have simply just abandoned the golden rule. Hello, world. Welcome to the Church Mag Podcast, the official podcast of Church Mag, the number one resource for church tech and creativity. With your hosts, Eric Dye, Jeremy Smith, and Phil Schneider, it's time to level up. But first, a quick word from this week's sponsor. This episode of the Church Mag Podcast is sponsored by the Church Mag Newsletter. If you do not get the Church Mag Newsletter, you absolutely need to sign up for it. For some people, they love getting the updates of different posts that have been happening. Great. Love it. So if you have your own RSS feed, if you come to the website directly, that's fine. We actually have a whole lot more stuff going on there. In fact, if you are doing the newsletter, if you are on it and you're receiving all this goodness, if you are, as you might say, leveling up, you're going to get some special features as well with this. So definitely go check out the newsletter, see what's going on there. You'll get some sneak peeks. You'll get some free stuff. We have a lot of fun. Check it out. Go sign up. Church Mag slash newsletter. Thank you, Jeremy. It's time now to let the fun begin. Welcome to another episode of the Church Mag Podcast. Eric Dye here along with Jeremy Smith and Phil Snyder. We are sitting here and I don't know, January is a long month and... Maybe it's because it comes off the busy holiday, it's the new year, it's winter, trying to lose weight, right, you know, all these things, and it just seems like a long month, but as we're recording this on the second to last day of the month, by the time you guys hear this, January will be over, um, followed by February, which is the shortest month of the year, it's 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 like night and day, right? Um, so we were just feeling kind of out of ideas and kicking around all these things. And, you know, we, we were talking about some of the new rules on Facebook. And I was thinking, you know, we were shooting the breeze. Phil was going on about politics and Jeremy was um, clicking his mouth rapidly. I was and making fun of pop, uh, politics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, I only speak half truth on that. Half of it I made up. I'll let you decide. Um and I thought about Phil's ebook about social media, and I thought about other ebooks that are out there talking about, you know, how to do social media in the church, et cetera. And it, it kind of hit me like, what are we doing? Like, we're talking about how the church can use social media to push the gospel, to, you know, make people feel welcome in the church. But ultimately, what it comes down to, as people who use social media who are church tech, we really need to be taking this as an opportunity to talk to those in our church about how to behave online, essentially, how to be decent people online. The internet is known for having some real dark places, for trolls, for being rude to other people. And it, it just seems like, you know, it it is a really awesome opportunity there's a great chance for us to be a light in a dark place. But it doesn't ever seem like when we're talking about social media and church tech, we ever really hit on that. It's about getting the most clicks or getting the most likes or an algorithm change. But, you know, what can we do as church techs to empower those in the church on how they behave? I know Jeremy has thoughts on trolling. I know how, I know uh, Phil has thoughts on the way, um, you know, as churchgoers, we might not even behave online, but maybe even offline as well. What do you guys think about that? It seems like the, the most important thing is the thing we talk about the least. I don't want to boom shock us from the very beginning, but I think one of the biggest problems with 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 Christians is that we have simply just abandoned the golden rule. 
You know, we don't, we don't, we treat other people, not how we want to be treated. We treat them how we think they deserve to be treated because they got wrong ideas or they got wrong behaviors. And I'm going to, I'm going to give them what for. Right. That justification, like, you know, I'm I'm going to tell this person off on Facebook because their differing political opinion or their differing Mm -hmm. anything is wrong. I come with the truth. I come with the gospel. I'm going to illustrate a little other version of trolling. That's not necessarily Christian trolling, but I think the younger generation is starting to do it. Hold on, hold on, guys. I got a boom shakalaka. My idea is so amazing. I don't want to start it too early, but guys, this is going to blow you away. Look at what I have to say. And so, like, they would they would jokingly mock, and yet it doesn't have that joking sense on Twitter and Facebook or on YouTube. We're so disconnected from the conversation because we're not actually directly talking to them. We're doing a video at a time or same thing with Snapchat, but it comes off very degrading and very rude when we have that response. I even feel like when I'm either joking with you guys on here, that's not on hangouts or I make a comment and then I read it 10 seconds later and realize that you could completely misinterpret that. I'm like, Oh shoot. Are they going to hate me? Because I just completely sounded like an idiot and a jerk because of the way I said that. And I think that that's really tough. Yeah. Like when you come in midstream, someone just shows up. It's like someone walking into the room at the wrong time and overhearing a punchline or overhearing a comment being made. And without the context, sounds awful. Is that what you mean? I would say say it's probably more just about the sense of like you could interpret this. And if Phil is in a bad mood or thinks I accidentally said something incorrectly before, he's just going to take this as me going at him or Eric wasn't necessarily fully understanding the context because I didn't necessarily get it, give it to him. And so he's thinking, I'm just trying to be in truth. Yeah. I I can definitely see that happening on social media whereby I'm, I feel like I'm having a private interaction with Phil on Facebook, for example, I'm sending him a message. It feels like a very private thing, but I'm doing it on the wall or I'm doing it in replying to one of his news story. So it feels very personal, but it's actually very public. But so essentially Slack. what we're doing is creating all these scenes. So to yeah, even Slack, it's not necessarily public to everybody, but maybe public to some of our good friends that we're connected with online. Right. Is that why maybe people feel like to go to Facebook so much is they want to see like the next scene or someone yelling Absolutely. at somebody? I feel like a Michael Jackson gif eating popcorn from Thriller. They're just here for the show, right? <laughs> it's the constantly posting that gif. I'm in, a, I'm in a group of ministers and that gif pops up on every other thread because they're just waiting for someone to start getting crazy on those threads. You have like a hotkey assigned, right? Absolutely. <sighs> it's like command MJ and there he is. Was that bad? That was good. I had a thought. I just, I, oh, bad. He's he's bad. Just beat it, Eric. Um, beat that pun to death. But, you know, part of it is we don't also to in those, in those public discussions when we're reading people's comments, we don't we we don't assume the best of somebody. We assume they're being condescending, and we assume they're being rude, and they're not listening to our side. That's also an issue. Well, I also assume because I'm. Of this, gen- I don't know how you guys feel about yourselves as far as millennials or whatever, but I am of this generation. And so I always assume that people are going to insinuate what I'm saying as trollish, even when clearly that's not what I was saying. I don't know if I'd say clearly. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we can say that judging by Jeremy's love of the church and his Wait. desire to do good, that, that in general, in general, Jeremy's when not, I'm not playing it up. Right, exactly. There's times where it's very clear that you're a good guy. I'm, we're, we're joking. 
<laughs> but you know, but but okay, because it it's so true. <laughs> on the other side of things, um, I think people too like there's 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 a certain amount of like say what you want to say and don't care. You know, if the folks want to take offense to things, they're going to take offense to things. You know. So sometimes you just got to say the truth and move on. But like last week I was talking to some coworkers is is IRL, you know, and I said something that I won't repeat on the podcast to make a point. And I wasn't trying to be like overly crass, but I definitely felt like I went too far and I sent them all an email apologizing. And they're all like, Oh, you don't need to apologize. It was blah, blah, blah. No big deal. And I'm like, no, no, no. I felt bad about it. I had to apologize. I don't want to talk that way. I don't want to be that way. And so that's where I think Christians can with dealing with, with non-Christians and dealing with each other. That's where we need to practice, you know, re- repentant living. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Where if we think if there's any chance we may have offended somebody, we need to make, make good on that. Right. Right. Now, th- these are some, these are some concepts that you cover in your ebook, right, Phil? Absolutely. I'm wondering if it might be a fun thing to do in, in the future on the podcast, like cover, cover one of your chapters, every podcast, like do a little mini series going over some of the core concepts. I can bust out my slides in the class I taught it on is teach the class on the podcast. There you go. Because, it, you know, we, we talk about church tech a lot, how to use it, how to use it well. I mean, that's our, that's our mission. That's what we want. That's what we do. Right. And, you know, when this, all of this started, it was about, you know, helping pastors and helping um, sound, the, the guys in the sound booth. It was about helping the church secretary. You know, it was about helping people do this tech, right? That they desperately needed to do. It was difficult to to um, uh, you know the on the on ramp of of tech, technology, the speed in which it takes to, to grasp it all. It, it wasn't easy. So you know, we came along. We're, we're here to help people, and I feel like we're almost on a new phase, or there's a new side of things that need to be dealt with, and that's this. Like as Christians, how do we behave on social media? How do we how do we behave in these things? We, we need to talk about it. And you, you, you might think, well, this is easy, Eric. It's just you know you have to behave in person just the same way that you do online. But I, I tell you, there's a disconnect. I remember reading a long time ago on a Lois Witt blog post, he was he said something about, you know, somebody uh, had written some comments on one of his posts, and they got they were really rude about it. And there was some back and forth, and it really took him, took him by surprise that somebody would behave this way with him online, not because of who he is, but he's just thinking, why would Christians be behaving this way and he met the guy in person like just happenstance met him in person and the guy was like hey man i didn't really mean it like he tried to shrug it off and lois is thinking dude like you know there's really no difference between whether you're doing it online or in person you know it was kind of his bottom line that that was kind of his thought process and i have to agree it's amazing how many people like feel like they can say they want to online and it shouldn't bother you because it's not really real right right yeah it's it's ridiculous yeah it's it's a weird uh it's a weird evolution of the medium because i remember back in the day like aol back in the day people did not use their real names it was like a rule of thumb don't use your real names right you were you know the funny Irishman or, you know, whatever was your, was your logons. And then time, time, you know, evolved. Remember, uh, the, the founder of eight bit and church mag and everything, John Saddington had human error, right? That was his thing. And then things evolved. And then it was like, no, you got to use your real name. You got to use your real name. Right. And so, you know, it's, it's interesting that the foundation of a lot of these things, there was anonymity, 
Um, and there's still that online for sure. But then there's also the parts of, you know, being who you are and who you really are. And I don't know, there's this, there's something about the way that all mixes together where I think ultimately people have a hard time realizing that, you know, there's all these zeros and ones, but there's real human beings on the other side. Absolutely. And like, it's it's like my, um, this is kind of funny and it relates to that idea of anonymity. My area uh, newspaper, the telegraph used to have a sound off section in the newspaper and they might still have that in the paper, but they, uh, you could just send in, you know, anonymous or use a fake name, but this are requiring your name and no one sent in anything anymore. And now online on Facebook, on the, on the, uh, on their online version, there's comments. They used to use discuss. We could create a fake username, but now it's all tied to Facebook. So you have to use, you have to use a real name. So, and because of that, there's less, less comments on every, on every article because people, and people still say terrible things with their real names because people are terrible, <laughs> but, but there's less and less because it's it, now that folks are like, Oh, I don't want my name attached to this. Well, you shouldn't be saying it or thinking it, you know, well, point before about the, the goal of the rule, yeah, someone might be online arguing. Well, I'm gonna argue this guy because he's wrong. I don't want he's gonna go to hell and whatnot. But people harbor hatred in their heart just the same way. You know, I can't believe he's taking a knee during the national anthem, or I can't believe this or that. And they, they have these ideas in their minds, and they may not say anything or do anything, but the hatred's still there. So the, I think the tough part about this is I don't think that we're gonna convince a ton of people by our very agreeable. You're right. I'm right kind of discussion here but let me ask you this let's say that we've miraculously changed someone's mind and they've said you know what i need to be a christian online just like i need to be better in my own life and i'm going to make this something i'm going to do for 2018 so we've convinced them hooray we're amazing and what do we do about this process because i think that when we look at a lot of the stuff that's going on online there's this issue right now where your past comes back and haunts you I think about a lot of the people that have tried to make some positive changes for themselves and you go back in their Twitter feed uh, two years ago and you notice how they were making racial slurs or like someone like, um, Ken, is it Ken M who was that um, guy that had made a really great question to Trump about some nuclear stuff. And then you go to his Reddit account and the guy oh, no. was talking about like a whole bunch of really sexually inappropriate stuff online. Yeah. Um, and so you just kind of find these issues that come up where initially you're like, yes, let's do this. And then you take two seconds to see their internet history. And it's like, Oh my goodness. Like what, how, how do we rectify that? Well, and then that's getting into a whole other topic because eventually there'll be, there'll be no one, you know, as more and more data goes online and more and more data leaks out, you're going to, you're going to have a hard time finding people uh, who are, Pure as driven snow online. But what what do we do? I think it's I think it's that's a question the church has to ask itself. Are we going to be Christians online as well? We're going to talk about we're going to be in church talking about the sins of gay marriage. Are we going to look at porn online? Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're we're going to be in church talking about you know uh, abortion and how evil it is. Are we going to be online? You know. Calling to you know, post about how we should be nuke of the Middle East and turn insane into glass. If murder's murder, murder is murder, you know. And I know I want to help some folks say, well, they're terrorists. Well, I'm pretty sure the kids aren't. At least not yet. You keep killing their parents, they might turn into them. 
you know so it's like it goes it goes all, all the whole way through and that's like i shared this in a post on church mag a while back about uh, viral hatred and it's i think i included part of it in the book where uh, a christian i know shared a picture of michael brown the guy from ferguson and i live maybe an hour from ferguson probably a little less than that actually i mean if you think about it really it's very close because it's, it's only an hour because of intense city traffic i could it's not very far from where i live and they posted a picture of him um and it was a happy you know anniversary uh, you know one year being you know w- one year being um, free of criminal activity and it was the one year anniversary of his death I mean, that's kind of crap that that we do online and like that, that's terrible would you go to his mother and say that to his mom well at least he's not been in jail this past year and, and i think i think the truth of the matter is is that there are wide swinging political opinions philosophies uh, doctrine all these different things right within your examples and so i think the bottom line is to to stop and realize and think about the fact that that you don't need to be spewing your opinions to everybody number one and number two those those discussions need to happen face to face on a personal level and not being made public for everyone to see ultimately no matter where you stand i think that i think the reason the reason i brought that up was because i think that unlike in person where you can have that change for yourself you do end up getting a reputation and i think that a reputation that will never ever leave especially whenever people take the time to go look and people don't understand the context whenever you meet me in person you will know that i am one of the uh, most calm, chill people in the world. I realize that the persona that's online is not who I am. I am not this guy with a. Um, I'm trying to think of the correct analogy. Yeah, um, I, I honestly could care less what other people do as long as it's not um, misportraying the gospel, um, or that you're not hurting the poor and weak. Um, but online, whenever people are doing something wrong. I like to stir the pot. I like to get people thinking. I like to start a dialogue. I like to actually enact change as opposed to just mindlessly having these same conversations over and over and over again. Um, because people actually engage in these dialogues, not for the sake of manipulating people, but for the sake that it's actually beneficial for people in life. And and so it's, I feel like it's tough. Yeah. Um, what was that? Like um, it, it was a while back you were in a, a Facebook group and a church comms group and um, you let them know, hey, there's this this church comms group that was saying something, saying something negative that you should know, or something to that effect. Tell 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 us as best you can uh, about that. That's I think a great example. So there is a company called Right Now Media um, who does a lot of um, video work for churches, and they like to try to um, get the. It's not specifically for leaders, though. A lot of leaders can use it. Um, for their ministries, a youth pastor can go and use that as their um, sermon conversation. But you can also have small group leaders that would have access to it, even just the small group members that can just use it as part of their devotional process. And so if you have right now media, you probably already know what this is looking like, but it's just simply something online. But for people that don't know about right now media is they do have some marketing tactics that are difficult to handle. Um, if you try to unsubscribe, they're going to send you a newsletter, um, every month that says, Hey, by the way, your people are wanting to use this and they'll try to keep you on. And there's just a lot of things that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way in that process. Um, 
I heard about one from a guy in an interest group I'm in where they had right now media for the whole church and the church could use it and whatnot. Yep. Yep. And they, um, people are logging into their account to use it. And there's a, a good notice there saying your church has suspended this, please contact. And they gave the pastor's name and phone number. Yep. And let him know that you want to keep this service. Yep. And so there's a lot of things that feel a little bit uneasy. And so, um, the communicator church communicators group tried to reach out to them. They, um, ha- they weren't initially responding. Eventually the CEO did have a general conversation, but nothing, no change and really, kind of concerning still. Um, and so one of the employees for right now media in a completely separate group was saying, Hey, we're hiring and this is something that you should really consider doing. And I'm like, Hey, just so you know. Um, and I don't say it to like, be like, no, you shouldn't go work there. But I mean, if you're working there and there's all these people having this conversation, you just put yourself out there for that company. And that's really kind of concerning. So I was just kind of saying it for, Hey, just so you know, nobody's really reached out. And so now you're, you got a social media presence. So you're saying this, but, it feels a little bit slimy or um, concerning. And so just to be able to kind of let that person know, Hey, this is here. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and to think that in these church comms groups, you know, I, I didn't read all the comments myself. I don't know if anyone got salty or not. Maybe everyone was really awesome, no. but, but we know that, that people can get salty and they can get salty quickly. And to think that, you know, that that's going on. Like someone could be reading that thread thinking, man, I work for this place. Right. That can be difficult. We should be sensitive to that, you know? I think that, I think that the tough part is, is that with trolling is that it's more about our beliefs than it is about um, the humanity. Whereas I think that specifically for our faith, that those two things are not disconnected at all. Like what happens if someone comes up to you and says, I'm so excited to um, be married to a person of the same sex. Like what's your response? to that is it about your beliefs is it about that person what does that look like and same thing of what happens if that happens online and you're probably never going to talk to that person ever again like do you respond differently what does that look like and i think the trolling doesn't necessarily think about that at least right now the way that we're doing it but the reputation we have the reputation christians are getting online is still there and we have to realize that not for the sake of us doing it because of the reputation, but we have to be cognizant of how we're representing Jesus. Right. And, and no, no one said I, I came to know Christ or I turned from my wicked ways or I changed my political opinion because of something that they read or saw online. No one has ever said that. Well, and, and those, and anyone who would, that's where Christ's, you know, comments to the Pharisees in Matthew 24, three or four which come to play you you cross land and see to convert someone and they become twice the son of hell you are you know people who are won over by that kind of stuff are just are the worst kind of christians because they're one of the worst kind of christians if your spiritual father's terrible so you, you will be as well um and you know you you made a comment eric you're trying to i think, I think soften up some of my com- my commentary about people online um by by dissuading from the political aspect of it, and you're that's fine. You're right because both sides have serious issues. But I think the bigger issue is not politics. I think I'm going to go back to my thing and kind of soften it myself. The problem is that Christians have take too much of a temporal view of things, just kind of sick. And one of the one of the most anti-Christian things we do, we take it. We take a temporal view of things, and we 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 fight to the nail for the for the things that are going to fade, and we leave the we we leave the important things 
Yes. Side. You know, I, I, you know, maybe this is a maybe this is a war cry or a challenge for 2018, or maybe that's just cool, fun language because it's recording this in January. Let's let's just not say that. Um, <laughs> I think this is a, this is a, a interesting dynamic. You have the internet, which is very impersonal, very temporal, right? Everything about it. You know, you create it, you use it, you go to the next thing. It's it's trashed in an instant. It's it's everything about th- the web is so quick here today, gone tomorrow, right? Um, and it's impersonal because it's not face to face. I mean, can there be? Yes, there can. I'm talking about in general, okay. But as believers, I think we have a really cool opportunity to totally flip that on its head and use these and interact in such a way that it is eternal. It's not temporal, and it's a warm place. Um, I think that's a really cool, cool opportunity that we have with our worldview to come in here and totally flip, flip this thing on its head. We just have to choose to do it. The only way to get around this is to do two things: to constantly hold the cross in our view and realize that everyone we deal with online or in person is someone Christ died for. They are worth no more, and certainly no less than us. They are worth the the very lifeblood of the Son of God. And at the same time, the things we disagree on, politics, sports, society, many of those things will burn at the end of all things, in the beginning of eternity. Who cares? The things that won't, the things that are eternal things, things like holiness and doctrine and truth, we can hold to our, 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 our thoughts, we can offer our opinions, but our behavior must be absolutely controlled by the idea that everyone we come in contact with is someone who was destined for eternity and may or not make it. And our interactions with them could be what determines their fate. Thank you, podcast pastor. Except for uh, Google Plus. I think that's going to be a heaven. <sighs> I feel like that's only appropriate to end a trolling episode with a troll. Send us an email, subscribe, and search for previous episodes of the Church Mag podcast by visiting Church Mag online. You'll find a link on our main menu. Go to churchm.ag. That's Church Mag. And while you're visiting Church Mag, send us a message. And be sure to subscribe to the Church Mag podcast so you can receive an early release of the new show every Friday. That would do it. You know, to me, that's broadcasting 101, really. Before you record your voice, eat peanut butter. Also, eat three spoonfuls of peanut butter. Also, drink carbonated beverage. That That's another pro tip right there. <laughs> drink a thing of uh, Coke beforehand, too. <laughs> always great. be eating. That's the rule. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When, when, when in doubt, always be eating. Go big or go home. I say exactly, and go home and eat more peanut butter. Right, right, a roo. Peanut butter. Peanut butter. Tell, oh, me, right. tell me I'm wrong, y'all. Tell me I'm wrong. No, why, why, why would we do that? We, exactly, because I'm not. Exactly, exactly. Uh, another teacher I work with, and I have been asked to uh, compete in the halftime. Uh, free throw contest event at the last girls basketball home game of the season. Whoa. Yes, I am terrified. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. 
I'm like, practicing. Um, I just found out today, so I'm going to be practicing all, all this week. I hope so. Mm-hmm. The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. <laughs> 